Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dr. Tracy Norfleet. Dr. Tracy is a physician, medical writer, speaker, community educator, and champion of many things health. You do a lot, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. So, and you know, and I, and, and of course, I always kind of look up my my folks a bit before they come on, mm-hmm. you know, find out. But you do so much. Like you sleep. Yeah. At times. Okay. That's, well, yeah, health. So you probably do sleep. I try to. But tell me about um, one of the things that I was just like, wow, really? Is only 2% of physicians are black female. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. So first of all, thank you for having me oh, on. You are so very welcome. <laughs> yes, but 2% of physicians are African-American females. And that that's pretty difficult when um, persons of the African-American community are trying to find a doctor with the same ethnicity. Right. It makes it very challenging for sure. No kidding. And so um, why, like, you know, so the obvious thought is, it's just not open to as many diverse people as it should be. How did you say, I'm opening that damn door and walking through it? Well, my story is a little um, funny. If you... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Yeah, because um, so I went to Xavier University um, and my plan was to be a pharmacist. And so I went to my summer program and the program was run by medical students. Um, and so as we are just sitting around talking, um, I asked them, like, what are you coming to school for? And they were like, well, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to medical school. And I was like, huh, I never thought of that. Yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. That's, That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so someone, it, all, it, it just took someone like saying, hey, I'm doing this. So that means, okay, well, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, d- I don't have any doctors in my family. And I come from a very small town, Sunset, Louisiana. Okay. Um, so I I never saw someone like me. So I just never thought about it. My uncle is a pharmacist. So that's what I saw. So I was like, well, that's what I want to do. All right. How did the family, were the family just like, what? Awesome. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. They definitely were excited for sure. How excited. And it's, that's, uh, that is tough. That's a lot of school, a lot of dedication. Yeah. Um, so what do you, where do you fall in the spectrum of physicians? What's your specialty? My specialty is internal medicine. So that just means adult medicine, which means I take care of patients from age 18 until they transition. Gotcha. Um, so that's what I do. And, and we take care of any ailments, um, anything you can think of. You come to your doctor. We talk to you about it. If we cannot manage it, then we will get you to a specialist. Gotcha. So what brought you to St. Louis? Well, interesting that you ask. Well, my, <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband's from St. Louis. He's from University City. Okay. Uh-huh. And we met at Xavier University. And so we were there. I went to medical school at LSU in New Orleans. um, And we were there until Hurricane Katrina came. I was, I noticed that when you, at the time you were there, I was going to ask you that. Mm -hmm. Were you there during Katrina? Yes, yes. So we moved here um, 
mainly because um, my husband's family was here. Okay. Um, and my daughter was very young, and I wanted some stability. Um, even though I'm from Louisiana, New Orleans was about two hours from my hometown. So even though we had family in Louisiana, we were still kind of in our own island, if you will. Right. Um, and so when we were moving, trying to find um, a place not only for me to go, but also for my husband, he's a physician as well, for him to complete his fellowship, um, we were, I, well, I was like, we need, we need help. You know, doing this alone is very difficult, particularly, you know, when my baby was sick, I had to it's like, who takes off? Do you take off? Do I take right, off? Right, right, Because yeah. there's like nowhere to go, right? And so are no one to depend on besides us. So this time I was like, we need family. Uh, family's important, so. Yeah. Very important. Awesome. So what was it like to be there during Katrina? That is just heartbreaking, all of it. Yes, um, very heartbreaking. In fact, um, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, how it has really affected not only myself, but my friends, um, because many of us didn't go back. Um, so let, let's go back to Hurricane Katrina. So it's interesting. Um, in the beginning, it it wasn't really um, pushed as if it was a, an emergency in the very beginning. Like, I didn't really know about it um, okay. until... My husband told me about it. In fact, I was rotating in the hospital and I saw on the television screen that there was, we were going into a state of emergency. And I'm like, what are, what are we talking about? What's here? Right. What's going on? So when I discovered that a hurricane was on the way, um, there was a Saints game that night. So if you were not watching TV or had not been paying attention, you probably would not have known anything until you returned home from the game. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But my husband is like a weatherman. So he watches the weather. Okay. Um, so he was like up on it. He said, we're going to we're going to leave. We can't stay here. This doesn't look good. Um, and so we're just going to pack up and leave. And of course me, um, I'm trying to clean my house. I'm like, oh, I need to clean my house. I need to get my clothes ready. I don't want to come back to a dirty house, like getting everything prepared. I love it. Yeah. Oh and my gosh, I get it. <laughs> I so see me doing this, but I, but I also, your husband's probably like, this is a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I just was like, I want my house to be clean when I come back. Um, but he he knew the severity of it. I don't think he truly shared how bad it looked because he didn't want me or my, you know, my brother to panic. My brother lived with us at that time. Okay. Um, so I was completely oblivious to what was about to happen. In fact, um, when we were driving out, he said we were going to take both of our cars, and I'm like, "Why? I don't want to drive. I want to. I want to ride with you." And he's like, "No, we're going to take both of our cars." So fast forward a little bit, we left. Um, we were on the road to go um, before many people really got on the road because you have to realize that there's there's kind of hurricane fatigue. Um, uh, yeah. 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 And so, you know, everyone is not fortunate to be able to get up and go, not only go, but have somewhere to go. Exactly. Like, what if you didn't have family somewhere to go to? I can't even imagine that feeling of just being like, I'm lost. Yes. Yes. I remember talking to friends on the phone um, and they were saying, I'm tired. I don't want to evacuate this time. This is too much. Because if you think about it, you have to get up, pack, 
find a hotel. Yeah. Right. Drive right. to the hotel. And then if nothing happens, then you drive back home and you're like, oh, I just spent all this money. Correct. For no apparent reason. Correct. Right. Exactly. Yes. But I, I remember convincing my friend. I said, we have to do it. We just have to go. Um, but again, not realizing how serious it was. Um so when we got to my sister's house, so we went over to my sister's home and, and stayed with her and we started watching CNN. And that was my first time uh, realizing who Wolf Blitzer was and Anderson Cooper. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and watching just continuously. And it was a shock, you know, it was a shock to see what happened to the city. Um, during that time, we really didn't have... Uh, was it cell? Our cell phones weren't really the way that they are now. If I can remember correctly, we only could text. Oh. We couldn't. We could not speak on the phone. Okay. I guess oh. because of the towers. I don't know what it was. Right. And so there was a lot of texting, trying to find where friends were, where their family was. It was. It was pretty um, traumatizing. Yes, I was going to say the trauma <laughs> of it. I mean, I'm sure for all involved and some people more than others has to be, it's a long thing, a long time to get over something like that. Absolutely. I mean, you have to think about it for my daughter. She left school and never saw her friends again. Oh, gosh. Right? And how old was she at the time? My daughter was in the second grade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So never saw her friends again. And you, we lost touch with friends and family because if we didn't have their cell phone number. Yeah. There's no way to reach out to find out where they are. I mean, it might be easier now because of social media. To well, right, reach out. right, right, right. But back then, it was. I was going to say, it's not like people were all on, you know, like no. your daughter wasn't on Facebook and, no. you know, getting all, gathering our friends then. Right. So, really In fact, just lost yeah. to each other. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the ability to use um, technology today is amazing. But I do recall going to the library to use a computer. Um, when we were like applying for FEMA, trying to figure things out, right. like where are we going to live? Um, we didn't know if our home even existed um, until we were able to go back. We were very fortunate that we had just moved into a new home, um, but in the area that didn't flood. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that that was a blessing. And the home wasn't damaged. A tree fell and kind of was leaning on the home, but wasn't damaged. So we were able to move and, um, you know, sell the home and just try to restart. Wow. I know. Tracy, I know. That's it's interesting to hear a firsthand account of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So. Now you're in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. We'll go to happier thoughts. Mm -hmm. And now here you are and you're, I mean, you're doing so much while you're here. So where do you, where do you have your own practice or do you work? Okay. Uh, no, I do not. You do not. Okay. I shake my head a lot. <laughs> Just like, sure, Miss, I'm with you. Right, I'm right. with you. Wait, no, no, no. I don't have, a, I got, nope. No, I don't know. So tell me about your I'm, practice. I'm currently employed. So I'm in a practice with um, two other physicians and we have two advanced practitioners. Um, and so I'm employed with one of our large institutions. Gotcha. And what's your most favorite thing that you, I mean, you know, as far as being a doctor, what's your most favorite part of all of it? My favorite part is just talking to my patients. Like that's nice. the best part yeah. of it. You know, if I could take away the computers and the orders mm -hmm. and all of that stuff, just 
talking to my patients. That's my passion there. And and just being real and down to earth, I think that's good. My patients say I'm always uh, positive and they can speak to me and they feel comfortable with me. But that's, I think that's huge and yeah. important, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I just try to show them that I'm human too, right? And so nobody's perfect. You're trying to lose weight. So am I. You gain weight. So did I. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you know, just because I'm a doctor doesn't mean everything's just fabulous, you Correct. know. Correct. We still like food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yes, we do. Um, and then you came to the TEDx auditions. T- tell me, tell me your thoughts on what 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 did you want to present, or do you could do, doors not closed? Would you present from a TEDx stage? Yes. So um, it's so interesting. You know, TEDx was on my my bucket list, right? I'm going to do TEDx. I'm going to do that. And so when I saw the um, the advertisement, I said, oh, my God, what am I going to write on? I don't I don't even know, but I'm going to submit something. So when I did get the email for the um, the next step, I was so excited. Because that's I mean, it is difficult to get chosen for the audition. It is. It I is, mean, you cannot imagine how many submissions we get and that we're going through all these and just some just rise to the top and shine. So just making it to audition is Difficult. Yeah. And then we keep a list of all of you because obviously we liked you mm-hmm. and you just never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I feel like my, my bucket list was checked off, right? Because the goal was to be on TEDx and I, I was up there. Everyone was so nice. You know, it was a little nerve wracking in the beginning, which is why I volunteered to go first. <laughs> Did you really? Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, actually, let me take that back. I didn't volunteer. I was the first person to sign in because I was very nervous and I got there early. Gotcha. Um, But was so excited to go first because then I could actually relax and listen to everyone. And watch everyone everyone else, Because otherwise I would have been rehearsing in my head. So um, the topic that I spoke on, I said, um, doctors wear coats, not capes. Um, and just really focusing on the human side of physicians. Um, our, our job is very, very hard. Um, and as you can imagine, even as being as a physician and going through Hurricane Katrina and things like that, you have family issues and you have your own issues to deal with. Um, and we're always supposed to rise to the occasion. Um, And if you remember, I mentioned um, Dr. Lorna Breen, um, who committed suicide. Um, She was an emergency room physician um, in New York City and an amazing physician from what I can tell by reading. Um, But as physicians, it's it's not um, expected for you to get tired. Yeah. Yeah, like right. or feel down or or have a bad day. Like right. it's, you're supposed you're to supposed be to be on, on top of your game all the at time. all times. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when COVID hit, I mean, it was it was a it was at a point where we as physicians had to step up like really suppress our fears. Yeah. Right? Because we didn't know what we were dealing with, right? Um, and I told, you know, as I was dealing with patients, they're like, well, what do you think, Dr. Norfleet? I say, you you must realize we are writing the book about right. COVID. 
Yeah, we don't have anything to read. Like we are taking it step by step. But because of social media, many doctors were able to communicate and say, what are you doing? Does this work? What are your thoughts about this? So that that was really, really good. Um, but back to the talk, just talking about how we're exhausted. Um, and, you know, the idea of a superhero is great. Um, but we're humans and, and we, we don't mind being called heroes, but give us a, give us a chance to have some faults right? Um, and to be able to say, you know what, today is not a good day for me. I don't feel good today, you know? Right. So what do you do? So, you know, you have this demanding everything. What do you do to rest and relax and let yourself go a little bit. Well, of course, I spend time with my family. I love spending time with my daughter and my husband. Um, I also pray, right, and go to church and things like that. And then when I really want to let my hair down, I love dancing. Oh, do you? I do. I love dancing and I love hanging around my friends. Um, I always tell them they laugh all the time. But I said, if I wasn't a doctor, I would be a dancer. I love it. (laughs) Why not? But I really love doing it and just relaxing, you know, just sitting around being at home. I think that's one thing that COVID made me realize is that my calendar was so full. Right. And I was able to sit back and reevaluate and say, okay, you know, it's okay to have downtime. You don't have to fill up every single minute with something to do. We tend to do that to ourselves, especially in the United States, where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, if you're not working on stuff, then, you know, what are you doing? And um, as I've gotten older, I I definitely, I mean, there there's just, you know, there were there were times where I would work till who knows what time at night. And, and now I'm like, I need to stop. Yeah. I need to stop. I need to breathe. I need to just be for a bit. There is, it's, there is a reason why we have a day of rest. There yes. are reasons why we don't work 24-7. Yes. There's a re- I think there's a reason why there's sleep. Yes. Like, you know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, the, and the wisdom of the creator <laughs> right. is like, I have a feeling you guys are going to, at some point you're going to have to go to bed. Yeah, you have to rest. <laughs> Get some sleep. Let your mind, you know, just, just relax. Let your body relax. It's important. Absolutely. So I have some questions okay. for you. Ready for the questions? Ready for the questions. I have fun questions for you. Okay. Okay. So you actually, I, Katrina was going to be one of mine, but but you already answered that. So you write for Good RX. I do. I need to know about this. Okay. 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 So, you know, in my goal to find other things that I'm passionate about, right? Because yes, I'm passionate about taking care of my patients, but there are other things that I enjoy. Right. Um, and so it, again, these things just pop up, right? And so I was on Facebook and a friend from college posted and said, hey, GoodRx looking for medical writers. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, I'm going to submit an article for that. I love that. <laughs> and I was chosen. So I've been writing for GoodRx, um, I believe, since April or May. And I enjoy it. I love writing. So it's not a task for me. So every time there's an article to submit, I'm, I'm like, let me do it. Let me do it. Um, because I enjoy writing. So it what, doesn't what feel have like, you written about? Um, So a lot of time topics are assigned. So I've written about um, UTIs, antibiotics, um, tinnitus in COVID, um, diabetic leg pain. Is that a thing with COVID? 
Are there people that are experiencing that? They're, they're, they've noticed that it does occur, um, but they can't exactly say it's totally associated Got, with COVID. Yeah. So I don't think they can say that about a lot of things. Right. So writing much. the textbook. We're writing yeah, the we're textbook. We're writing it now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think this is, this is, I, I just, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, we read the history books and we read about whatever, you know, the, some plague, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's like, and they believed that they, if they did this, this would work, you know, and, and our modern minds are like, oh, how silly. But you know, years and years from now, there's going to be the, they were washing their grocery bags. Yeah. They were, they thought that, I don't know. I mean, I heard all kinds of crazy yes. stuff as did everyone during COVID where you were like, really, should I go buy that? Should I go get that? Should I start doing that? Um, when you're living through it, you really do not know what to do. No. And so you're willing to try different things, even if they sound a little crazy, because you're like, well, maybe this is what I do. Mm-hmm. It's so different being in the thick of it than mm-hmm. the 2020 vision, like, oh, how silly that you believed that. But mm-hmm. we believed a lot of things that now we can look at as silly. But at the time, it's just like, I, I don't I don't know. No. I just don't know. We didn't know. We didn't know, and and we were trying things as we went, and and learned from mistakes, and and did better, you know. Um, but it it was a very scary time um, because there was no one to call. You had to rely on what you learned in medicine, yeah, um, and and hope that it worked. And again, it's it's practicing medicine, right? And right. so as you're practicing, you're like, okay, that didn't work out as well as I would have liked to. What else can we do? And that's kind of how I I believe we learned how to really um, get through COVID as we're still going through it now. But um, you know, it 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 was a practice makes perfect. We we didn't know what we were doing in the beginning, but trying our best at the right, same time. Exactly. Yes. And trying, trying your best to seem confident at the same time. Right, like <laughs> the, the, this should this should be good. Right. Oh, oh, God. oh my gosh, I can't even yeah. imagine. It was so scary. It was. So my next question is going to take us to a fun place. Okay. So here we are right now as we're recording. It's like a huge rainstorm. I know. I know. I'm like, oh my goodness. So we would not do this today, but let's pretend on a sunny day, you and I are going on a picnic. Mm -hmm. What are we packing? What are we taking on our picnic with us? Hmm. Let me think about this. So we would take a lot of things because I'm a taster. So I like Ooh, to taste good. a this whole is, bunch of things. I, don't I want like just this. one thing, right? Yes. Um, so let's just start off with sweets. Uh, all, right, <laughs> all right, let's go there. Let's just go there. Um, so definitely some good cookies would be great. Um, cake, I love cake and pies. I love that you're starting off with sweets, yes, by the you way. you have to, because sometimes if you start off eating your appetizer <laughs> and your entree, there's no room for You the may dessert. not get to the sweets. Right. So you have I to don't start know. with the good Isn't stuff. Isn't there always room for dessert, there's right? There's always room for dessert. <laughs> um, besides that, I guess we'll just take some sandwiches, something light. Um, I don't know, chips. You know, snacks. why not? All those things that I say we shouldn't be eating all the time. That's thank you, Doctor Tracy, for your healthy picnic <laughs> <Right>? lunch. <laughs> but hey, it's gonna be a fun day. We're just it's like letting loose that day. day. Just let loose, sit down, relax, talk. What are your favorite snack foods? Okay, let me think. But health, Again, oh, oh, I know. Side. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I love carrot cake. 
I love carrot cake. I love lemon cake. I'm, I see I'm on the bake things. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. you, you need to stop by a bakery yeah. on your way home. Yeah. I, I I would say those two are my favorite. But again, I, I kind of eat mostly anything. I'll try anything once to see how it tastes. Well, good for adventurous. I like it. <laughs> so this podcast centers around kindness. I love kindness. I I find kindness extremely important. Um, tell me something you've witnessed, received, given that's around kindness as of late, just top of mind. I would say um, as a physician, I think I try to um, help my patients get through difficult times. Um, so, for instance, um, you know, I have patients who have cancer that is spread and the treatment isn't working or... Um, patients whose spouse has died and and they feel alone now. Um, And so my kindness, I think, is just listening, just sitting there and listening. So, you know, when I see that there is a time where, you know, it's not just about medicine. Right. we're, We're treating people. So when I sit there and I realize that it's just time to listen, that's what I try to do. I just don't touch the computer. Let's just have a conversation. Um, here's a hug. You know, I'm here for you. And you would be surprised. You know, my patients are like really thankful. Um, they're like, thank That's you another for part listening. of healing. Yeah. Right? Thank you for Is listening. That? Thank you for listening. So I, I try to do my best and, and treat them like I would want to be treated if I were in the office. Um, so I think that's that's where I try to give my kindness at work. I, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Um, And so if you need something and I feel like I can get it, that's what I'm going to do. So more recently, um, a family member is nutritionally getting herself together and I'm doing much better. And I said, how are you feeling? And she said, I'm okay." I'm like, are you able to tolerate food? She's like, yes. I'm like, well, what are you what are you eating? What are you drinking? She was like, insure. And I said, "Okay, cool. So I went online. And send her some insure because I want her to make sure that she's doing well, right? And so, you know, insure is expensive. It really is expensive. Yeah, it is expensive, isn't it? It's very expensive. And I'm a shopper, so I was on Amazon, (laughs) Sam's. I do the same thing. I like do the, who's got the best price on this? Yeah. How how much per ounce is this? Oh, no, it's way cheaper. I do the same thing. (laughs) I look at the per ounce thing a lot because that really tells you the actual price. It does. Yeah. It does. So I would say that. That would be an act of kindness outside of the home. Yeah. Very nice. Well, okay. So, Dr. Tracy, I know physicians wear coats, not capes, but you've got a little bit of a cape showing up on all this stuff. So, thank you for being who you are. Thank you. I don't think of it that way, you know. So, thank you very much. Well, you're healing people physically, but you also think along the lines of the emotional and mental as well. So thank you for being that kind of a doctor. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. And for everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Go out and be kind and be loving and be all the good stuff that I know is in your heart. Just show it off to everybody. Love you all. Bye. Bye.